Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. You have offended this podcast and you have offended the entire movie making community. First lady. I'm sorry I pimp slapped you into that china cabinet. And welcome once again to You Have Offended This Podcast. We watch martial arts movies. My name is Mike McCarran, and with me as always is a guy who did once own a police robot, Chad Lindsay. How you doing, man? Hey, I did. It was an urban pacification robot. Yes, it was. <laughs> that uh, was easily taken out. Uh, you just had to shoot the guy with the remote control. And... <laughs> Yeah, that would have been. Or a- you just took you just took the remote control from him. <laughs> Give me that, you Fraser's dad. <laughs> That'd be an easy way to solve this problem for the bad guys, right? Just like, hey, give me that yeah. fucking remote control. Give me that the remote. Giant ass tabletop Zaxxon looking fucking control. Do you remember this fucking? I like huge. I like how fucking cheap it looked too. Like you know, like in RoboCop, it it kind of is like the cheapest version. Of the Ed 209 from RoboCop. It's like (laughs) super cheap. Like that thing could have been made out of goddamn marzipan. Um, (laughs) Because it really doesn't do anything. Like it could just be like a model. But anyway, it's, uh, it's, he's probably, honestly, it's, I think it could have been executed better, but the, the robot part is my, my least favorite part of this film, which I actually really enjoyed. And, you know, I don't think the robot part aged well. Um, but I think if it was done a little bit better, that robot would have been like a really cool, badass thing. Yeah. It was a weird, it was a weird offshoot into what seemed like a different movie. Like, yeah. I don't even know what kind of happened there because all of a sudden we're in this gritty police drama. Like, okay, this is kind of cool. Like you're coming out of the seventies. The music's awesome. The fashion's kind of cool. The storylines flowing along. And then all of a sudden, Hey, here's this robot thing that follows you around. I'm like, what the what just happened? Yeah, you, 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 you can you half expect Fisher Stevens to <laughs> pop out with a racist accent, right? To just be like, "Oh no, <laughs> look out, Mister Norris!" Like I don't know. It's just it's it was it it is what it is. But overall, I mean, going back to this film, it was a lot of fun. Chuck looks great, and you know, we talked really briefly about it. I love. I love this group of actors. Yeah, man. Uh, Dennis Farina, cops. You know, they're in other uh, Seagal movies. You know, some of these guys are in the Blues Brothers. Yep. Like, it's a... These guys are believable, and they look... They look like you and me. They look like regular guys. They don't have that beautiful Hollywood face. No, they really don't. They really, they really don't. And it's funny to see that older crew of guys. Like, we keep seeing, with respect to the stunt people, we, you know, we'll talk about the Big, Big Trouble in Little China crew. And you see their faces pop up all the time. It's cool to see this crew of people that's like the generation almost kind of before. Because all these, like most of these guys are dead now. But like, yeah, you know, when, know, when you man, look it's... in, like we were talking earlier about most of these guys show up in like Seagal's late 80s, early 90s movies. Yeah. When he shows up, like these guys are in Out for Justice. These guys are in Above the Law. Like they're all the cops and bad guys in those movies. So it's kind of cool to, to, to see the crews kind of move through the generations. It's really neat. Yeah, it is. Cool. 
All right, so let's uh, let's get into this. Just before we do, we always want to thank our patrons, Mike and Mike. You guys rule. If you want to be a patron, if you think that what we do is awesome and funny and you get some joy out of it, then by all means, go to uh, patreon.com slash you have offended this podcast. Check out the levels there. There's five different levels of support starting at just five bucks a month, and that gets you all of our podcasts. You can also check out our social media if you have any movies you'd like to see or scenes you think are cool or actors or actresses you like. Go on uh, Facebook or you can go on Instagram or you can go on YouTube and under any of those you can just search for You Have Offended This Podcast. You'll find us there. On Twitter, that's the only different one. We are at YHOTP and you can talk to us there, leave your suggestions. And of course, we also have our website. If you don't want to become a patron, and you just want to kind of help out sort of as a one-time thing, you can go to our website, that's offendedpodcast.com, and if you want to, uh, you can buy some merch there. We have a merch store. You can buy a T-shirt. The T-shirts are goddamn cool. We have rain jackets and hats and mugs and fanny packs and whatnot. So you can go buy something there cool, and you can help us out a little bit. That way, that would be the shiz. All right, so let's jump into this. This is from 1985, which, like, when I think back to 1985, I was 14 for most of that year. Mm. That's that's 36 years ago. <laughs> like, such yeah, a but, fucking long time ago. It is, but there's a certain charm about there's a certain charm about films in that cuz you know, in a lot of ways like the action film was really perfected in this decade, right? Yes. And they do a really good job in in Almost all of them, they'll have an A story, they'll have a B story, you know, they'll have, you know, a a solid beginning, middle and end. You know, the movie starts, you get a lot of credits, but you get, you know, act one is a lot of exposition and setup. There's not a whole lot of action here. And then it just kind of builds. I do really like that formula. And now almost everything is like a James Bond where you don't get the opening credits right away. It's just like let's join this film in the middle of a shootout. Yeah. And you're like, who are these people? Bom, 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 bom. <laughs> and none of that has anything to do with the rest of the movie. It's just like action, action, maybe a titty, car chase, <laughs> explosion. And you're just like, whoa, this movie's really got my attention. And then, you know, you get, you know, like a little opening sequence and then they get into the film and, you know, the first part doesn't matter. Yeah. And, you know, kind of these old action films we're right at the beginning on a stakeout and it's just like everything's going quiet and you you have a moment to sit back and enjoy and you're like oh who's this guy oh who's what's this about oh there's chuck norris he's obviously not a garbage man why would he <laughs> this isn't working man i gotta bring so that I up do, when we get to it yeah <laughs> yeah i do I, I i really do like kind of the arc of these of these i say older films they're not old to me they're these are like my films but you, so you gotta think i was i was just thinking about this if you go from the time of this movie right and go back 36 years from that you're in 1949 go oh, the fuck oh you just so the same distance back as forward from this movie you're in 49 dude like <laughs> we're fucking old <laughs> Yeah, you can go fuck yourself. Nineteen forty nine. My dad wasn't even alive. <laughs> oh man, I'm so sad now. I know, right? God damn. All right, so yeah, this this movie, I like the like you said the pace. I like that slower pace. It's weird when you get used to the newer, quicker kind of MTV generation pace, and then a movie kind of takes it back. Um, I remember when George Clooney came out with The American. Remember that? Yeah, 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 I do remember that. Really slow pacing, really took its time, and people fucking hated it. Because they were just boring, it was stupid and slow and fucking... 
They yeah. just don't have the yeah. attention span for it now. And I really dig these older movies that kind of take their time to to kind of get into it and kind of pull you in a little bit as as the story goes along. Anyway, this movie has a budget of seven million. It did pretty well. It, it actually pulled in twenty point three million at the box office. So nice, pretty decent box office there. We open up on the waterfront there. I got to mention off the top, as you come in, they got that cool ass semi Barney Miller baseline that's funky as hell coming out of the seventies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dope. I loved it. I was like, oh, I'm into this. <laughs> like, I haven't seen this movie before, or I hadn't before I watched it twice for the for the podcast here. Yeah, it pulls you in. I'm into the music right away. They they pan through what is soon to be known as the police sort of headquarters police station. Do you know why it looks like a goddamn air traffic controlling station? Uh, are you about to tell me because it is? No, I'm curious because it looks like oh. a fucking flight deck. And I was like, why does the police station look like this? Yeah, I don't know. Because it's crazy. It makes no sense to have to have it like that. But anyway, so yeah, like you said, we go here to the, the stakeout where a bunch of the cops are in the graveyard and a few others are motoring around. And Dennis Farina is driving a dump truck. Not a dump truck, I'm sorry, a garbage truck with Chuck Norris on the back, who, as you said, clearly not a garbage man. He's, like, getting off the garbage truck and running away from it and not not picking up any garbage. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't look like a garbage man. He's not dirty. Farina is driving this under the framework, like the skeleton of an L train, and the truck barely fits where he's driving it i know it barely fits but would that actually be a garbage route would you be just like okay go pick up the residents who are going to put their garbage there the the homeless people under the l train like what is happening but chuck is walking around with this like vest and he's got this neckerchief tied around (laughs) and he's got the beard and the and the hair like he's looking all scowly yeah, he yeah, and Farina, the two of them. Like, if you were to take a little cursory glance at them, you'd be like, okay, these guys are definitely up to something. Yep, they are not. But anyway, I don't care. I love it. I think it's uh, I think it's a great little opening, and they're just obviously trying to be close to these drug dealers. Yep. And then we cut to the graveyard here, where the other two cops, the rookie detective Nick, there is there with uh, Craigie, Detective Craigie, who is played by Ralph Foodie who is, if you know the uh, the Home Alone movies, he's the guy in the black and white movie that Macaulay Culkin puts on that says, have another one, you filthy animals. Like, <laughs> keep the change. Keep the change, you filthy animals. <laughs> but Nick and Craigie are in the graveyard, and Craigie's obviously the grizzled old cop, and Nick is the rookie. But Craigie's, like, got a flask out and a fucking styrofoam <laughs> yeah. cup, and he's having a yeah. drink, yeah. like, multiple drinks. <laughs> multiple drinks on the stake but they're they're cutting to the farina norris team they're cutting to a couple of the other cops they're cutting to that air traffic control station everybody looks like they're on point and then they cut to the most nervous rookie of all time who's like (laughs) overly pacing and then the guy that's going to mentor him who's just hitting the bottle hard (laughs) on a stakeout oh yeah like they're gonna they're gonna go draw their guns and try to take down the colombians and he's getting ripped he's getting wrecked (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah he's... i like to get blackout i like to get blackout drunk so when i kill teenagers i don't remember it nick yeah spoiler alert for what's coming up holy crap right i i'm so spoiled from snatch on dennis farina i love dennis farina so much that yeah. when i see him all i think he's gonna say is yeah don't go to london like, like... 
Yeah. That's all I can well, see. Well, Farina awesome. is just like one of those actors that's just... I could literally watch him in any... Him, Larry Briscoe, like there's 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 like seven or eight actors that I would... Like oh, Dennis yeah. Franz, you're like, man, I'll watch this guy. Yeah, I'm going to watch this guy. It's like, what's the movie about? I, I don't care. I'm going to watch it. Like, they're, yeah, they're, they're just great. They draw your attention to them because they're so... They're so charismatic. He's just got that thing that when he's on screen, you want to look at him, right? Awesome. So, yeah, these guys are all setting up outside. Uh, the guy that played the bartender in uh, Above the Law when Seagal goes in and beats up the bar is here uh, as the drug dealer going in to deal with the Colombians. Oh, yeah, that's Ronnie. Yes. As, who's playing Doc. Yeah, that's uh, Ronnie Barron. I... I don't know. I love this. This guy has like some stuff. I'll talk about it when it comes up. But I actually love how I honestly love how real this interaction is when he's actually buying the drugs. It is pretty cool, eh? I don't mind it at all. He goes out. He meets up with with his contact uh, Chuck and, and Farina are out here. They're all touching base with all the other cops. And then Doc goes in with Spider here because Spider is one of the cops and. He brings him, Spider brings Doc inside of the drug house here. They all get frisked and taken upstairs. And the drug deal starts to go down. And it obviously goes extraordinarily sour in, in a couple of minutes. But yeah, I do like when they come into the apartment here and the Colombians are there. They're all speaking Spanish and whatnot. There's a weird thing here with the translation where like he's speaking Spanish and then he like speaks English as though the other guy can understand him at the end. Yeah. I didn't really get it. But whatever. And uh, these the painters pull up in front here. And the cops are like, ah, oh, the painters just arrived. And the other cops are like, what the fuck you mean painters? No painters. Like, holy shit, go inside. This is bad. Blah, blah, blah. And there's actually a really good little hit that happens here. Yeah, it's actually not bad at all. Like, it's uh, it's decent. But when Doc is up there, I really like how... I really like how it's almost like there's no lines. Like they're just said, "Eh, you guys just uh, just talk and we'll record it." Because the lines aren't being delivered like they're to the audience. Like uh, Doc is there and he was like, uh, "Yeah," and he's like touching the touching the drugs and he's like, "Oh, that's good. I feel some big crystals and rocks up in there." And then he puts it on the plate and then he's yeah. like, "Hey, yeah, tell him I I don't mean offense by this, but you know my people expect me to do this. You know, you got a good reputation." And he pours the the liquid to see the Solvent chemical reaction. It, yeah. yeah, to see if it does. And I actually like that because you don't see that in movies. Like, they always just taste it. It's like, those are drugs. Like, you know, I saw a video of a cop who accidentally touched fentanyl and fell to the fucking ground, right? <laughs> and in the movies, the cops are always, like, sticking their fingers in it. And it's just oh, like, yeah. man, I like, in grade seven science class, we were told to never do that. Hey, if you don't know what something is, just eat it. <laughs> you know, right. like, like, Put it on so, your face. Finger, rub it on your gums it'll yeah, be okay you like, it on your like gums like, what are you doing i would just like put poison in it and kill him and take his money but i i actually yeah. i appreciated the little bit of extra time they took i appreciated how you know the conversation you know he's like uh, doc's like hey i don't trust nobody that shakes my fucking hand what yeah he's a piece of shit but anyway look i gotta do this you know i, I yeah I that's like the color how, i'm looking for there there we go yeah right, that's we're the good. color i'm looking for yeah we're good we can do this i i thought it was uh I don't know. It just felt it just felt very real to me. Yeah. Even if, though I've never been in a situation where I bought massive amounts of drugs, so I don't know. <laughs> but I imagine that yeah. this is that this is you know a little bit more of a real scenario. <laughs> never bought five keys of coke yeah. before, but yeah. you know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it feels that drug deal feels 
relaxed, but there's an undertone of tension of mistrust. They pull that off really, really well, I think. Yeah. Um, so then the guys across the street, the painters in the building across the street, they realize like, holy shit, this is about to get ugly. And then these painters just tear down the, the, the vapor barrier that they put up there and just open fire on these dudes and just, and just waste the whole room of dudes. Yeah, they do. And money's everywhere, and drugs everywhere, and bodies are everywhere. And then, of course, the cops know what's up now because they can hear it outside. And again, I want to reiterate how much these cops do not look like Brad Pitt. Like, these are overweight dad bod cops running in like actual cops would. <laughs> They're yeah. like, fuck! God yeah. damn it, Jesus! Like, holy oh, shit! Oh, Jesus! <laughs> this is so not okay! <laughs> we have made several tactical errors... But we're going to run into the terrible uh, situation and try to fix it. And oh, yeah. again, like they, they don't shoot the cops moving like Hollywood. They don't shoot it like a typical action film. It, it, it's, it's almost like a, like a, we'll just say mockumentary. Like it's just yeah. kind of that. It's, it's like an episode of Cops almost, you know? Yeah, it's like a TV show reenactment. Yeah, yeah. Right? And uh, Craigie's hilarious because Craigie and the rookie run up and Craigie is so out of breath from running like 18 feet from <laughs> yeah. the graveyard. Oh, He's yeah. like, ah, okay, sorry. Ah, fuck, I gotta need another drink. <laughs> like, yeah. And then the painters put that little table bridge from building to building through the windows, go across, get all the drugs, get all the money, and then they bail back. But as they're bailing back, all the cops have now gotten into the building. Chuck has taken out a few people and they're just about across and back now when one of the bad guys from the room uh sort of comes to and shoots one of the painters as he's leaving in the back and the dude falls off the little bridge and falls i don't know jesus what four stories down to the alley below it's yeah it's not a bad stunt he does land on his back and then he's on his stomach a minute later yeah yeah that yeah (laughs) and he kind of you could kind of see that he gets to his mark and he looks and he turns like okay i'm now in position to fall and i want to hit the crash mat so i fall yeah he's he's not a guy that's actually running across and gets shot like while he's trying to escape he's just like all right and there we go like he's taking the safety precautions and you can see him look for his mark and look for his absolutely so it's all right. But in 85 and for this movie, I can actually overlook that. Although you can tell, obviously, but I'll overlook yeah, it. But 85 don't matter. Like, you know, 85 doesn't matter. He he looks at the mat. <laughs> like, you yeah. know, it could have been 1960, you know. Well, or, that's true, too. Or yeah. last year. Like, it's just, it's not offensively bad. It's just something that kind of took me out a little bit. It does. Yeah. Yeah. That's a true story. So then uh, Farina here uh, gets shot in his leg. That's Dorado. Dennis Farina plays Dorado. He gets shot in the leg here outside. Chuck crawls down a drain pipe outside and kills the guy that shoots Farina. And now we get sort of the turning problem of the movie, the sort of fulcrum of the movie, where Craigie and and Nick go into the apartment here, and some teenager just comes out of the apartment to see what's up, and Craigie fucking immediately shoots him in the chest and kills him. Yeah. Like a 13 or 14-year-old kid, he just straight up shoots him. And initially... Craigie is like, God damn it, shit, holy fuck, I did this really horrible thing. But then he goes into, I need to save my ass mode, takes out his ankle gun and plants it on the kid. Yeah. To, 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 you know, to convince everybody that this kid shot me or shot at me. And of course, Nick, the rookie, is there and sees Craigie do all this and is like, holy Jesus Christ, really? Like, you're going to do this? And puts yeah. him in a shitty position. It's well done. 
it's it's well done, but I mean, again, I'm not a cop, but just from my complete and total inexperience, like there is not nearly enough forensic evidence because the kid's not going to have powder burns on his hands. The gun yep. clearly has not been fired. The gun is still in his hand. Like you don't like he would have fucking dropped it when he got shot. Like yeah, there's. Well, I mean, he wouldn't have shot. Uh, Craigie's argument was the kid came out and had a gun, so I shot him. Oh right, right, okay, right. Yeah. But I mean, still, That's a good point. still, you're right. He would have dropped the gun very likely. And I mean, come on, man. Like you go in and talk to the mom, and like, no, we were having craft dinner, <laughs> yeah. like. 18 seconds ago, my son heard shots and looked in the hallway and then bang, and this cop shot him. Like, yeah. the story would not fly. Craigie would have been in a heap of trouble. But so, that sets up the whole title of the film, Code of Silence. Everything, where it chucks the good feller, right? Um, yeah, initially, just FYI, if the people don't know, I, I know you know, but this was initially written as a Dirty Harry movie for Clint Eastwood. So that's why there's not as much martial arts in this as there normally would be in a Chuck Norris movie, because it was initially kind of a gritty Clint Eastwood, Dirty Harry movie. And he turned it down. And then it actually was offered to Chris Christopherson, and he turned it down. Oh, wow. And then it, it passed into Chuck Norris after that. And they, they threw in, as we'll see in a little bit, they did throw in some martial artsy stuff so that Chuck could get his get his uh, his star to shine a little bit off that. Mm. But... Anyway, all the bodies are getting taken out here now. The 14-year-old gets taken out. You can obviously tell the mom is obviously super distraught that her son got shot and probably killed, I think, if he didn't get killed. Um, Farina's all pissed here that the, the medics are cutting off his boot because <laughs> he got shot in the leg. He's all mad. I'm going to throw one positive in here. Uh, when Farina gets shot, it actually looks really good. Like, Oh, he yeah, he shot. drops. He gets shot in the leg and falls back immediately, and the guy basically, again, like, he whips the gun out and fires, like, frantically, so, you know, he doesn't, like, get a clear shot. It actually, it was just a good, it's a good thing that I thought was really good in the film, like, if I make fun of it later, I just want to have some things that I thought were great. And then yes. the other thing was when Chuck is in the hallway with Craigie and gives him this glorious Chuck Norris stare down, because Chuck knows. <laughs> yeah. And oh, he yeah. just gives him a stare, and then he walks all the way down to the end of the dark hallway until he's standing in an open doorway, and he just turns and looks back and gives him one more stare. It's just <laughs> – there's a couple of things in here that I'm just like, well, let's just make mention of those. There's some really good shots in this film. Oh, yeah. There's some pretty classic Chuck Norris, I'm going to stare you into death Yeah, moments in this movie. There are parts, or at least one or two parts here in the movie later on that I'm going to – tear a new asshole into because they make no sense at all but there are some very good parts of this movie and overall i did like it very much so we get the interrogation after this they take the two uh the two bad guys that they caught into this into the station both of the bad guys are there and like five or six cops are all there together and all being the bad cop like nobody's being the good yeah. cop yeah. Yeah. They're all like, fuck you, I'm going to kick your mouth in if you don't talk. And then the next <laughs> yeah. guy comes in, you're a piece of shit, I'm going to kill all you, both of you guys. <laughs> They're just circling through how much they hate these dudes so much. <laughs> oh, it's awesome. And then we get the cut quickly to the birthday party with uh, uh, Tony Luna and his wife are here. And the, the wife is supposedly having a birthday and the daughter, Diana, who becomes central in the story later, 
is trying to have a birthday party for her mom. And Tony's like, hey, go get me a pack my bag or whatever. And he's being a total dick to his wife. And the other guy, his partner or whatever, comes in here. And they're trying to basically... He was not supposed to rip off those Colombians. He did it. He He's mobbed up. He did it without permission uh, and ripped them off. And now the Colombians are going to exact a terrible, terrible wrath upon him. him, his family, anybody he's ever talked to in the lineup at the grocery store. That's like right. Everybody's <laughs> dead. So he's running. He's going to leave his wife and daughter at home, and he is going to a cabin <laughs> to... He's uh, going to a, a trailer down by the river. <laughs> yeah, he's getting out of there. Uh, he's getting out of there fast to cover his own ass. Well, that guy sucks because he's leaving his wife and daughter high and dry, so... Yeah, because his uncle later is like, you stupid son of a bitch, you don't rip these guys off. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So we cut back to the, the captain's office here with Craigie and Nick. They're trying to explain themselves with the shootout and everything, and Chuck comes in. What's with the Rubik's Cube with Chuck? Is that supposed to like tell you that he's smart or some shit? Yes. Now, you will find that in that kind of 83 to 85, the Rubik's Cube does work its way into popular yes. culture a lot. Of like, a this is lot. a smart person, so, but he never like he yeah, never this, solves yeah, he, a side or solve, solve the it, thing. No. Like it's not yeah. like, oh, you're super smart. <laughs> no. He's just fucking with it. I think it's I think it's well, a it's a pop culture thing, and b he's solving the mystery of Craig mm. shooting the kid because everybody is with Craig, and except Chuck, he's like he's dangerous. He's a piece shouldn't of shit. be a cop no I more. I know what happened. Shouldn't he be on the force. Screw that yeah. guy. He was drinking in the graveyard. Hate that guy. Chuck's beard's pretty epic in this. Like, this is peak Chuck. This is this is great. Chuck, I love Chuck. Like, I read his autobiography back when I was in high school. Uh, you know, hanging out at the library, found it, uh, read through. He's a really, really interesting guy. Like, he's definitely not, like, one of the greatest actors in the realm of action heroes. He does that he's pretty stoic, one note uh, stare really, really, yeah. really well. But that kind of belies how interesting he is when he talks about him going overseas for the war and then training in Korea and coming back, his brother dying. It's a really good it's a really good autobiography. I actually really liked it. Cool. I'll have to take a look at that. It, and he loves Snickers. Really? <laughs> I don't know why Snickers like didn't pick him up on it, because he's in the book he's talking about how you know, he watches everything he eats and he tries to fuel his body with good nutrition. He said, but, you know, like everyone's got to have a thing, uh, you know, that's their treat. And he goes, for me, it's Snicker bar Snickers bars. I usually have like little Halloween candies in my truck. And, uh, you know, I, I eat mini Snickers wow. when I can. And I was like, why, 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 why? Th th that, that's your number one fan, Snickers. Yeah. Why don't you give some money to Chuck and put him in a commercial? How do you not use all those Chuck Norris jokes in your commercials? Yeah. Like, how exactly. do you not capitalize on that? Wow. Missed, missed the ball, Snickers. Way to go. <laughs> so then we get to the main villain of the movie, Camacho, Luis Camacho, played by the iconic Henry Silva. Speaking of a good yes, stare, sir. Henry Silva might yeah. have the best. I'm going to kill you stare in all of cinema. Cause yeah, he's, you basically put it against the two men, the two men that are known for staring. It's amazing. Oh yeah. And he's there looking at the two people, this crew that got killed, who he vows to get revenge for and whatnot. And as he's walking out, he sees Chuck and 
When he sees Chuck, we get the first mention in the movie of, I'd like to give you a gift. It's a Colombian necktie. That's where they cut your throat and pull your tongue out through and let it dangle down like a weird little wiener throat neck. So, yeah. And Chuck's like, fuck you. Why don't you give it to me now? (laughs) When When I heard this as a kid, I was just like, what? Like that was a level of graphic violence that I couldn't that I that I didn't know existed. Yeah. So Henry Silva like scared the shit out of me. I would have nightmares and wake up, you know, oh my god, he's gonna kill me. But yeah, it's a great little Dude, story. I hadn't seen this before. The first time I ever heard about a Colombian necktie was on goddamn MacGyver. <laughs> MacGyver Do you remember oh the god. episode of MacGyver where his friend got the the mob the the cartel killed him and left him for MacGyver to find with a Colombian necktie and MacGyver was like oh my god I was like I'm like eight I'm like Jesus Christ guys like MacGyver I'm eight dark calm yeah. down yeah MacGyver was always like I'll make a bomb and a bubble gum and a paper clip and a piece of spit and a little bit of poop but like this like they took a hard left into darkness man <laughs> it was like Jesus. Well, they they used to do, like every every year there'd be one very special episode. Yes, you know yeah. you'd have a sitcom where somebody would get raped, and you'd be like, "Oh, the ch- it was a child that was raped," and you're like, "What the? F- yeah, do you guys really want to do this? Yeah, like relax, Mister Drummond. I'm trying to watch different strokes here. Calm down. Like, yeah, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, it it got a little hard there, but yeah, they bring up the Colombian necktie here. They do it a couple times because a guy actually has it done to him. Not that they show it, but I think they bring it up three times. Yeah. But Chuck basically is like, do it now, pussy. I'm right here. But they walk away. And, and then it cuts to the, I assume, inserted for Chuck uh, martial arts training scene where he's hitting the pads in the gym. And uh, eh, I'll tell you, coming out of the 70s in his tournament days, Chuck looks good, man. Oh, yeah. Chuck looks great. He's not, you know, aesthetically ripped Dwayne the Rock Johnson massive. But he looks like, if you see him, he's a guy you he looks like you don't want to fuck with him. Well, he's a guy that looks like he's a kickboxer and not a bodybuilder like yeah he's got a he's got that you know jean-yves terrio functional uh, muscularity yeah functional shit it's just like yeah i look like this because i don't eat fucking garbage and you know i'm not i'm not trying to win a a a beauty contest at the beach of the monopoly game i'm i'm uh i'm i'm a fighter and yeah he looks good well that's the those kickboxer bodies man you look at Jean-Charles Skarbuski or whatever, that fucking guy's drunk all the time, and he'll beat the shit out of everybody. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, he's, I don't know yeah. if you remember when you watched when George St. Pierre coached the Ultimate Fighter, and he brought in Jean-Charles Skarbuski as his Muay Thai coach, and he came in in the morning, in the morning, drunk, <laughs> and beat up the entire Ultimate Fighter team. <laughs> he just, one by one, they came in, he just fucked them all up. Like, and George St. Pierre was like, hey, man, look, um, he's a little different. Be nice to him. Don't try and prove he's not the guy to be tough with. Okay. <laughs> like he will yeah. fucking hurt you. And he just beat the fuck out of everybody. Drunk. <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> it's fucking awesome, though. So, yeah, anyway, Chuck's beating up the pads here. And this is where they're kind of getting on Chuck's case for being like, hey, man, why don't you get off Moody's? Not Moody. I'm sorry. I want to call him Ralph Foodie. Craigie. Get off Craigie's case and let him go and blah, blah, blah. And Chuck's like, hey, how about you guys uh, tongue my balls because he's an asshole and he shouldn't be a cop. And you get that little exchange with all these cops here. Well, and they do they do the parallel because, you know, they talk about the mob, 
never talking. They talk about the mob never talking and everybody being silent and supporting each other. Yes. And they even make a reference later, like, it's the same as you, Omerta. Like, they're talking about their code of silence. And the cops also have a code of silence. That's right. And Chuck, in this film, like, there's a certain amount of what they do with, like, and I don't think that this maybe is the filmmaker's intention, but, like, uh, uh, moral relativism. Yeah. Like, everybody's like, eh, well, you know, if we don't lie, then this could happen, and this could happen, and this could happen. So, you know, they kind of give themselves an out for, you know, they're doing the right thing, where in this film, Chuck Norris is absolute morality. Like, yes. Well, you should tell the truth. That's exactly what you do. And they're like, you make it sound so easy. Like, you know, he's just like, no, just tell yeah, him exactly what happened. The truth. That's, that's the way it is. Don't be an asshole. Yeah, fuck everybody. Burn the whole, <laughs> burn the whole department down. Fuck you, fuck yeah, him, fuck them, mo- fuck that guy. You're cool, <laughs> but fuck you. But then, but then later, if I call for help, they might, they, they won't show up and help me. And Chuck's like, yeah, well, shit happens. Yeah, well, and that does happen. And beat so. up the whole team. Beat up the whole bar. Whatever. Who cares? Steal a robot. Steal a robot. <laughs> beat up a bar. Whatever. What are you going to do? speaking of beating up a bar we go from that scene in the gym to the goddamn prowler robot friggin black level johnny five coming in here to yeah kick the shit out of everybody and i love john mahoney john mahoney's the shit he's he looks like when he's holding that giant remote control and like joysticking the prowler around, he looks like fucking yeah. Willy Wonka, like nah. <laughs> like yeah, that remote is massive. Oh my god, that's about the size. Like I've got a 15 inch laptop, and like <laughs> real estate wise, it's about the same as you know walking around with a laptop on your forearm. Oh yeah, you know it's pretty cool. It is neat. And the robot, I don't know, man. It didn't. It didn't work for me. Yeah, I thought it looked kind of stupid. And the whole time I was calling it Johnny Five when I was watching the when I was watching the movie, it's they aim the robot at Chuck and he turns around and ducks behind one of his fucking colleagues. Yeah, <laughs> it points his gun at Mahoney. It's fucking awesome. Put the remote down. He's like, okay, He's like, yeah, all right, I solved that problem, dipshit. How do you like that? And then everybody laughs at him. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Why wouldn't you just put the guy inside the armored robot, but, right? you know, <laughs> standing standing 20 feet away from it with the remote control? So I'm going to shoot you and steal your remote, and then I'm going to turn the robot on all your officers. <laughs> oh, shit. God damn it. Can you imagine Richie from Out for Justice if he had the fucking stolen oh the remote God. to that? Sending that? You just hear, no sleep till burn him. Asshole comes crashing through the fucking strip club. Fatty Hawaii shirt takes his shit <laughs> on the stage. And- <laughs> oh, that'd be the shit. <laughs> uh, we get a little visit to the morgue. After this, and because Craigie has been taken off, I'm sorry, is it Craigie? Yeah, yeah, Craigie got taken off of duty for a little bit. Rookie guy, Nick, gets paired with Chuck now. So now Chuck has to, you know, haul this rookie around from place to place to place. And I, I'll tell you, I want to also mention the fashion in this movie. The fashion's fucking awesome. Like, they really do a oh, good yeah. job of hitting that 1985 fashion. Like, Chuck's sweaters are all fitted and shit. Oh, yeah. And he's wearing the sport coat over the sweater. <laughs> it's so good, dude. They really they really hit the fashion. He's got that shitty old cancered-out Camaro that he's driving. He is driving a banged-up Camaro. Like, it's this would have been the same year that Miami Vice came out. So, 
you know, you got Sonny Crockett going around in his uh, Testarossa and, you know, his fashionable suits. And, you know, Chuck's wearing a black turtleneck, a tweed coat, and a banged-up fucking 1980 Camaro <laughs> covered in rust. But, I don't know, kind of works for him. It does work for him. It works quite well. So they're staking out this mob guy, the guy that uh, went and helped out Tony Luna. They're staking him out. He comes out of his mistress's house here. And Chuck, Chuck's name in the film is Eddie Cusack. I, it's it's Chuck Norris, man. I'm calling him Chuck. Yeah. Chuck yeah, and Nick here are following this dude around. So they're tailing him. They're following him through the city. This is one of the things that made me laugh my balls off the most in this is that Chuck and Nick are following this mob guy and whenever who this henchman guy who's with the mob guy around. So they're tailing him through the city. They are not inconspicuous. They're just out and around. These mob guys go to the zoo. Yeah. And uh, Diana's there with a bunch of kids and she's obviously being stalked by this mob guy and she doesn't want to be because I think he's trying to protect her from the Colombians and whatnot, but she doesn't want it. She wants him to take a hike off a long pier or whatever. And as Chuck and Nick are walking around in the zoo trying to follow these these two guys, there's a scene, it's real quick if I remember correctly, but as they're walking around, uh, Chuck's got like uh, a can of pop or, or something along those lines, and the boys are walking around, they're trying to keep tabs on Diana, and <laughs> there's a real quick scene where Chuck walks past the camera, and then... I may have seen it incorrectly, but it looked exactly like Nick, the rookie, is they're walking past the orangutan cage or the orangutan enclosure. Okay. And, you know, it's kind of cool. The kids are seeing them and stuff and whatnot. And th he does. The, the Nick guy has a fucking box of popcorn and a balloon <laughs> as he's walking by the fucking cage like he's six and he's following Chuck around like... <laughs> Why the fuck does a grown man have a balloon with another grown man? Fucking made me laugh my ass off. He's like munching popcorn yeah. and carrying a balloon. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Because he's undercover. Like, are you his handicapped nephew? What are you doing? Like, yeah. Oh, my fuck. It made me laugh. Well, it's it, it's ridiculous that he's that he's got a balloon. <laughs> but even before that, when the mobster, like her father's friend is 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 trailing her chuck chuck does at no point does chuck try to be inconspicuous he tries but like the two of them are standing behind a waist high hedge and chuck is holding yes. his pop and he's not even like trying to pretend that he's having a conversation with nick he's just glaring <laughs> straight at, at the target he's 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 staring straight at diane holding a pop and he's just glaring at her and and they're not behind anything they're not trying to blend nope. in he's just standing yeah. there and then there's another scene where Chuck's holding a newspaper, and he's not even nope. looking at it. He's just staring directly just at glaring her. glaring down like, the pipe. Not blinking. Yeah, it's uh It's, it's awesome. really funny. Like, anybody watching this would be like, well, that guy's clearly up to something. <laughs> like, he's... <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. That, that man with the sexy beard and the feathered hair is, and the smoldering glare. <laughs> smoldering glare and the Farrah Fawcett hair clearly has a problem with that lady over by yeah. the, the, the orangutan cage. I think he's going to kill her. <laughs> but the thing with uh, Diane is, like, there's something about her. Like, she's a good actor. 
Um, she is. The thing about her is, like, depending on how the light hits her, do you remember that episode of Seinfeld when, you know, the girl was gorgeous or she was ugly, depending yes. on the lighting? Yeah. Well, in this, depending on the lighting, she either looks, she looks like Diane Franklin from, like... She does. Better Off Dead. Yes. Or yeah. sometimes, sometimes, she looks like Leah Thompson. She looks a lot when, like Leah Thompson yeah. sometimes. And then, and then a couple of times she's Maggie Gyllenhaal. Like... Yes, depending she does depending have a bit of Maggie Gyllenhaal in her. You're right. Depending on what lens is on there, I'm like, oh my god, she looks just like Leah Thompson. I was like, no, I'm wrong. She looks like you know who else I'd throw in there is Ioni Sky. She's got oh, an yes. she's got an Ioni Sky look to her at the right angle with the right lighting. She's got the same kind of smile as Ioni Sky from uh, from Say Anything. Say Anything. That's right. She's got a uh, she's got a lot of that in her. To me, I see a lot of Ioni Sky in her. So now. They're, they're tailing Diane here, and she goes to this uh, fucking Pomo art gallery type thing, and Chuck walks in, and again, he tries to blend in. He cannot blend in. He, he could not stick out more in this crowd if he tried. If he was walking around naked with his dick in his hand, he would not stand out more yeah. than yeah. he does here. <laughs> So he's looking around, he, he finds out what Diane's name is and what's going on with her. And then as she's looking at this art piece, he walks up and tries in horrendous vein to make small talk. And she's like, you're a cop? How about you fuck off? And he's like, wow, is it that obvious? <laughs> Holy shit. <Wow. laughs> pretty much put the peg in my hole, eh? Wow. That's pretty, pretty good job there. <laughs> so yeah, she pegs him and basically tells him to go fuck himself and take off, which... To his credit, he does. He doesn't follow her or anything. And then there's a bit of a funny scene here where they're all doing coke in the back room, and he goes in and calls his office, and he's like, hi, this is Sergeant, uh, whatever the fuck his name is, Sergeant Chuck Norris. Sergeant Cusack. (laughs) Sergeant Cusack. (laughs) I forget his name. I don't care. I should remember because it's like, say anything. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, this is Sergeant Cusack, and then they all, of course, cover the coke up with everything, and they're like, I'm not doing anything over here. (laughs) <laughs> they're trying to but I, cover but it I up. do like how he I do like how he blows everything because he's like let's get somebody on Luna and he gives away actual details <laughs> of the yes, case right there like all right the bad guy is Luna let's everybody cover him and he's doing it so these cokeheads hear what he's talking about but geez. oh yeah <laughs> so they they then cut to the uh, the funeral and as they drive by, you see Louis look out the window and be like, hey, how about fuck you? <laughs> Whatever he says, like, hey, you got a good view there, dipshit? Obviously, they're going to know your car. Yeah. If you drive a distinctive car like that, like, you're going to know who that cop is. <laughs> like, Jesus. So anyway, they, they get that going on. And then they go uh, to the, the, this is the boathouse, or the, the houseboat thing where they meet the other... Uh, mob guy yeah this is chuck ends up this is luna's breaking onto the boat this is luna's uncle yeah luna's uncle the rich mob guy on the on the houseboat and chuck ends up breaking into this and punching the bodyguard off off of the railing twice (laughs) into the harbor (laughs) he he tosses him and i gotta give credit where credit's due like it doesn't make sense because you don't quite have the leverage to throw somebody there so the guy obviously you know helps a bit of a jump yeah chuck but you don't see his feet, and it looks pretty. It looks pretty realistic. It does, despite the fact that he goes way further than he actually should. Like yes, it's yeah. like holy. But it's uh, 
It's a decent throw. I, I thought it wasn't too bad. It's a good listen, man. I will never tell you that Chuck Norris can't throw a punch. That dude can throw down. Yeah. And he will convincingly. I'm sure that stunt man felt the wind from that shit because yeah. as soon as Chuck grabbed him and chucked him, he went over and, like you said, he jumped with it. But Chuck yeah. just walks up and talks to this mob. I, don't, I forget what this mob dude's name is, but yeah, the uncle or whatever. And they have a little chit chat. Screw off. I'm going to find you. Blah, blah, blah. The little computer, like the 1985. St- state-of-the-art computer that they have on the boat here is hilarious because it looks about the same size as the remote control for the Johnny Five back there. Yeah, it might actually be because it looks like a miniature Commodore pet. In oh, maybe that's instances. what that is, yeah. They, they, they may have used the same uh, computer. It's funny because, like, this is the crystal ball. He's like, this is the way of the future. You can spot trends and, you know, all that stuff and, you know. Yep. We all know computers in 85 could not do any of that. They like, could do shit like that. They, they could do yeah. shit. You could play, like, Biorhythm on the VIC-20. Yeah. You could play or, Lunar Lander. Yeah, Lunar Lander. But anyway, it's it's all right. It's 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 good. This actor's, this actor's solid. And, you know, oh, Chuck, like sits and, Chuck sits and stares and he really does. does nothing. But, you know, Chuck's being Chuck. I like this actor, though, and I like the costume designing here with the yellow polo shirt folded over with the yellow V-neck sweater that matches. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I do enjoy that quite quite a bit. And, again, Chuck just stares and stares and stares and stares. Well, that's the thing. Like, out. Chuck... Like, he's, he's got a couple of lines, right? Like, he doesn't do much. He's awesome. Chuck, Chuck will stare with, like, half eyes, like, half of his eyes yes. open, and then, like, he'll get really mad, and he'll go to, like, quarter eyes, and then he'll go back to half... <laughs> Like he does a lot of a lot of glaring in this film. Well, he does like, a lot of glaring through his mostly, entire career. Yeah, but he's mostly glaring. Yeah, and that's fine. You got to go with your strengths, honestly. Because hey, man, he's had I, a hell of a career. He's had an amazing career. I watch everything. Like I went through a Chuck phase after I read his autobiography in like you know eighty nine or ninety. Yep. Um, and I just started renting like everything. Nice. Um, he's listen. He's got incredible screen presence. Yeah. He is not an incredible actor. This might be blasphemy to say this, but he plays within his strengths. Like he doesn't he doesn't try to stretch himself outside the box. Like he'll do what works for him as being like the stoic guy or the angry guy, but he doesn't like, you know, do anything like, you know, Brando or, you know, like Eric Roberts. They talk my dumb. <laughs> Shit, dummy, like, puppet. Puppet, dummy. Shit, dummy, puppet. Like he stays in that very narrow lane, but it works for him really well. Oh, yeah, well. he knows his wheelhouse and he stays there. And credit to him for doing that. So now they do a quick little cut to this tulip yard or whatever where they, the guy actually has a Colombian necktie and they're all like, oh, my Jesus Christ, holy shit balls. Oh, my God, that's awful. So they see that, and then we get the assassination of Luna's mom and family and whatnot. Oh, shit gets Shit real gets hardcore here. fast, because these dudes pop out of the back of the produce truck and kill three of his family and go into the house looking for him. So it gets hardcore fast, and you get the other massive staring person, uh, uh, Henry Silva here, Louis Camacho, is down the road in his car just looking. And then they kill, that's his wife that they kill too, right? Upstairs, so oh, they yeah. shoot that living oh, yeah. shit they at her. Everybody, and like no quarter asked, none given. Like everybody, everybody, and you know it's sold. I I gotta say, like when I watched it, 
like there's a woman there and she's holding her wallet and yep. the roll up door goes up and the guns start popping and yep. the face she makes is actually like you yeah. know that stupid like at the end of snatch and it's like yeah. oh, you get surprised <laughs> yeah. and all you do is pull a stupid face <laughs> and it's like tommy and turkish are like their faces are like Ugh! like she kind of makes that face there's a certain there's a certain realism about this film that I like because they're not like, oh my god, I'm being shot. It's just like, Ehh. well, it's <laughs> like, like the guns like, were gonna pop out. She was like, Jesus. Yeah, I, I, I think that they probably just threw the door up and just started firing blanks. You know, she pissed her <laughs> jeans and they just left it in. <laughs> probably right. I would assume that that's what happened. That's what I would do. <laughs> oh yeah. So now we have this assassination that happened. Obviously, people have called this in. Uh, the mob guy grabs Diana or Diane to take her and get her to safety. And the cops are now like, there's been a shooting. Holy shit. And you could tell that Chuck's Camaro is rolling on this street. Like, it, you know, when it, things go fast and it just kind of floats down the street because it's going so fast. Yeah. You can see his Camaro doing that. Like they are sprinting in that thing. Yeah, exactly the way that the train doesn't later yes yes (laughs) yes fair enough but yeah he is he is uh you know putting putting that uh putting that american muscle to the to because it comes (laughs) clipping along (laughs) really well and the stuntman i don't even think they bothered to put a beard on the driver no because no it's like it looks like one of the guys we went to high school with it really does feathered hair (laughs) but you know whatever the car the car looks good so Chuck is trying to get to Diane here and protect her with with Nick. The mob guys are following them. They stab the protector mob guy. I should say the cartel guys are following the, uh, Diana. They stab yeah, that's her, uh, her Pirelli, I think. Yeah, they stab him. And now I think there's probably four or five cartel guys that are running after Diane and Chuck. They get that steady cam running after Chuck. Comancho standing there with a fucking bouquet of flowers watching it all go down it's hilarious but diane's terrified running away from these four or five guys and you can tell okay they're going to turn into an alley i remember watching this when i watched it the first time i was like well they're going to turn into some alley somewhere and chuck's going to fuck these dudes up yeah but they do turn into this wide alley type thing and she diane takes cover behind this dumpster and as she takes cover behind the dumpster yeah and it's funny because angel is chasing her and he gives up the second he moves past the dumpster. Yes, and like he's right like, there. Uh, he's literally like right beside her. Angel's just like standing there like, well, she got away. And then he's he like, oh, and you're right there. She's right there. Uh, you know, I found it I found it a little more humorous than I did tense. Yeah, well, and then he came up on her like you know, a fucking Halloween you know, creature, yeah. like golem, like, no. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, he's, he's like, <laughs> And then Chuck pops out with the gun and does his dirty hair. You can totally see this being a dirty, hairy scene. Yeah, for sure. Right? They're closing in, yeah, close really up with do. the gun right in the camera, and he's all like up against the wall. Ah, you punks. You ask yourself, do you feel lucky? Ah, do you punk? Do you? Right? Like they're totally playing that up. Yeah. So yeah, they're getting they're they're setting. It oh, up. they're totally setting it up. So I, I noticed here Chuck did a very poor job of monitoring hand control on Angel because he had his hand in the pocket the whole time. Like, monitor the hands, man. Come on. He pulls out a knife. He runs away with uh, with Diane. Chuck beats the living fuck out of these other three or four guys. And yeah. just as he beats these dudes up and drops them and runs after 
Angel and Diane, Nick pops out like, ha ha, I'm here to, oh, I'm late. Like, he's, he's there yeah. totally too late. <laughs> you know, that would be the scene that Nick runs in with the balloon. Yes. Like, if Nick ran in and there's like, and nobody addresses it, like nobody says, hey, where'd you get the balloon? <laughs> he just comes in like with like a big gulp in a balloon. <laughs> that would be amazing. Uh, Oh, God. So Angel runs off with uh, Diane here, runs up to the L train, and gets her on the L train, and is moving her through here. Now, he's got a, I think he's got a knife on her, if I'm not, because he says, like, you come another step closer, I'm going to cut her head off. I'm like, you're not going to cut her head off with a Swiss army knife, you loser. Like, they get on the L train, Chuck's trying to find them here, and the L train starts to leave, and they end up, Angel and Chuck, on top of the moving L train. So Angel's moving Diane through. She's trying to get away. She's, well, she's not trying to get away, but she's clearly scared. Chuck pulls his gun out on the train. People are freaking out a little bit. Everybody sees this guy's got a knife. This guy's got a gun. They don't know what's happening. They just know there's a hostage. So the people are freaking out. And this is where you get the come closer and I'll cut her head off line. Um, he throws Diane. Angel throws Diane at Chuck. Chuck basically puts her to the side and sits her down. Angel runs up on top of the train. Chuck goes up after him. So I'm thinking, having not seen the movie before, I'm like, okay, well, they're going to, you know, Chuck's going to punch him off the train, or we're going to get like a speed thing here where like Chuck ducks and then Angel doesn't and a sign clips him and fucking takes him out or some shit like that. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. That's really Chuck Norris on top of the fucking L train. Okay. Yes, there's a couple of things that I want to talk about here. Uh, you set it up beautifully. Uh, number one, like, Chuck is there to protect Diane. So when Angel throws Diane and he has possession of her, that's where he stays. He lets her go so that perhaps another mob guy person could yes get her. But he chases Angel up to the roof of the chain. And that, unlike the Camaro, that's Chuck on the roof of the train. Like... That is Chuck on the roof of the train. And they are not... Now, the train is not moving really quickly, but it is like not. he is ducking. They come up to a bridge. That's Chuck getting down. It Clearly, you can see his face and stuff. <laughs> yeah. There's camera, like, shooting. They're on the roof of the train. They are not tied on. And they are not. these two guys are fist fighting on the roof of the moving L train and jumping from car to car uh, with no safety harness. It's awesome. Okay, now I get to the part of the movie that pisses me off. Because Angel slides off the side of the train. He's hanging on like, oh my god. Chuck puts his gun away, grabs Angel, helps him back up on the roof of the train. As the train is passing through whatever river runs through Chicago, I don't know. They get up, Angel looks over the edge and jumps from the top of the train as it's moving off the train, over the bridge, and down into the river. Chuck sees Angel do this. He then says, God damn it, puts his gun back in his holster, and he jumps. Yes. And he lands also in the river. Yeah. Now, just so we're clear, Chuck would not have landed in the river. Because by the time Angel sees the river jumps, Chuck says, shit, puts his gun away <laughs> and jumps. He would not be over the fucking river anymore. No, Chuck would have broken his neck on the embankment. Um <laughs> <laughs> adjacent to 47th yeah. street or whatever the fuck <laughs> like <laughs> but yeah chuck so chuck literally lands okay. in the water like where angel did like literally right beside yes. him 
He lands like 17 feet away from him, like not even. But, oh no! A boat immediately runs him over, dead to the face. (laughs) Fucking Jackie Chan's hovercraft just runs him straight the fuck over. Kills him and Chuck's like, oh! Yeah, it reminded me... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he even kind of pumps his fist in anger, like ah, like he's he's treading water, wearing fucking jeans and a Letterman jacket and cowboy boots. Yet he can he can do it with one hand because right? he can shake, shake his fist ah! in anger. Ah! <laughs> yeah, if he jumped, Chuck put his gun away, and he's jumped. He would have been like on the he would have landed on on land because the train he would, would have one hundred percent but you know missed the river he would have landed right on his beard <laughs> <laughs> uh, I fell onto the beach beard first <laughs> he would have been fine that beard is epic it is the other thing that's weird is like five seconds later soaking wet Chuck just walks ashore and there's Diane standing there and he just sits down next to her and is like yeah your mother's dead and it's just like how do you well, like Chicago's a big city you're on a moving train he's like well not only is Diane there she got off the train at the next stop and apparently made it back to wherever the fuck Chuck was yeah but there's a goddamn police boat there that helps Chuck out of the fucking river Oh, yeah, because like, they knew it was Chuck. Where did the police boat come from? They didn't know that Chuck was going to jump off, follow Angel, leaping off the top of the fucking L train into the river at that point to have a police yeah. boat waiting there to pick him up. Like, how the fuck did they know he was there? It makes no sense at all that they knew he was there. It's insane. He gets out. I mean, the good thing is he's totally wet when he gets out of the harbor. Like, he clearly did yeah. crawl out of the water. They give him a blanket. But yeah, Diana, she's there like, oh, there's that cop that, I guess he's a cop. Yeah. Because she met him at the gallery, so she knows like, oh, I guess that's him. Chuck has a blanket on him for seven and a half seconds. He takes it off, crawls out. There's cops there. His fucking partner. Like, how do these people know where he is? Like, I don't understand this. With a balloon and some popcorn. (laughs) Nick, your balloon's like a guiding homing balloon to find Chuck at all times. Like, I don't get it. I think it would be I think it would be hilarious if like Nick kept running into the scene like at the end of it because he does that, but each time like he's got like a piece of merch from like the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum, <laughs> or you know he's got a he's got the a mercantile slice exchange from or the fucking, fucking yeah. pizzeria Uno. Oh, oh, am I too late? Like he's just like visiting all these Chicago landmarks. <laughs> Eating a hot dog from the wiener circle. like <laughs> That'd be awesome. Oh, my every, God. Because he comes running in late to the party every time. Like, Chuck does it alone. And then yeah, Nick he's never not in. late. Yeah. So Nick comes running in every time with, like, some tourist <laughs> trap T-shirt or fucking hat. That'd be amazing. <laughs> fucking Wrigley Field hat. What yeah, happened? Like, you know. Field. <laughs> I caught a fucking White Sox game, you know. Like, thought I would, you know. He's dressed like one of the Blues brothers. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. That would be the, the crowning jewel on top of this movie yeah. if that were to... <laughs> oh, that's tremendous. Anyway, to be slightly more serious about this, Chuck and Diane do have even though the situation is preposterous that she was there, they do have a good little moment where he tells her that his, or he tells her that her mom is dead, and they have a good little moment there. And he takes uh, he takes Diane to this is his old partner's house. Is that correct? The apartment. Yeah, and I I gotta say I kind of lost a lot of respect for Diane because I think she was kind of an asshole um, 
because at the beginning of the film, like her her dad is is a piece of shit, right? A hundred percent. You know, like he has a bodyguard, like, hey, listen, I'm gonna protect you. And she's like, Now, I don't wanna be protected. I'm gonna run wide out in the open and just have the Colombians shoot at me like a goddamn game of duck hunt. And <laughs> like bad things happen as a result of her being out in the open. Like being people an are asshole, being killed. Yeah. And then later, like Chuck, you know, is now in a fist fight, stab match, running, <laughs> jumping his Camaro, fighting a guy on the roof of the train, you know, diving into the river. Guy's getting decapitated by, like, tourist boats. And he's he takes him to the apartment. He's like, yeah, she won't go into protective custody. I don't know what to do. And it's like, hey, like, lady. Make like, her. Just, you know, lay low. Like, Make her do that. With, People are dying around you, (laughs) and you don't care at an alarming rate. Asshole! (laughs) Like, like, make up a charge, lock her up. Like, the Colombians are trying to kill her, and everybody around her that she's come into contact with so far, except for Chuck and Nick, has is is dropping. (laughs) So yeah, he tries to leave her with this cop. We get a really fun scene here where the the they show the cops at the bar and these two dipshit wannabe criminals are out in the car and like the, oh, the white dude's got I the toothpick and he's trying to be cool and the black dude's like putting his sunglasses on and mean mugging in the rearview mirror like oh yeah come on man yeah. Let's, we gotta do this like come on so they're trying to they want to go rob this bar and they get their guns and they go into the bar and as they go into the bar it's like everybody hands on the ceiling you know hands up or whatever and Obviously, it's a cop bar. Everybody in there is a cop. They all pull their guns and point the guns at these dudes. <laughs> and a lot of these dudes, like you said earlier, are actual on-duty cops. And they're just filming this movie to be to be filming the movie like Farina and all these other dudes. Yeah. This scene was based on an actual story. I know. I read that and I laughed my How ass off. How fucking like, funny is that? You know. Some guys bust into a bar in Chicago where all the cops hang out and tried to rob it, and they all just whipped out their guns, which is hilarious. Everybody freeze! It's <laughs> like 30 guns, almost like Eddie Murphy in Trading Places, like, you know, all the guns in his face at once. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was funny, but the other thing that I thought was great, and, you know, you got to give it to these actors, like... Uh, Ralph Foodie, the guy that plays yep. Craigie, he's a raging alcoholic. He's sitting at the bar, and I forget what the guy orders, but he walks up and he's like, uh, I'll get a beer and then give me a Johnny Black. Like, he actually makes, like, a drink yep. order. And it's actually impresses Craigie, because Craigie, ever so slightly, turns his head, like, an eighth of a full yep. turn, and just gives him a yeah. nod. There's, like, a little, <laughs> like, uh, like, like, a recognition. Like, oh, yeah. Like, recognition of a good drink order. He's just like, hey, give me one of these, and give me these. And Craig is just like, oh, yeah, as an alcoholic, um, yeah, that's a that's a great combination, as a fellow sir. fellow alcoholic. Like, like, as a fellow alcoholic, I approve your drink order, sir. I thought it was – anyway, it made me laugh. Like, it made me laugh. I thought it was great. I love that these – like, these actors, the ex-cops, um, I don't know. They just bring an element of realism to it because it, they're, they're not – they're not trying, so I really enjoy watching them. Well, act. sometimes when you get amateurs, they're just doing what they'd normally do. So it it plays like yeah. that. The guy orders a black Russian and a Corvassier, by the way. Oh, okay. and then yeah, Moody's like, or Foodie's like, "Huh, eh, all right, yeah, yeah, all right, you're cool." <laughs> yeah, he's like, "Oh, black Russian and Corvassier," yeah. uh, and I he can says see straight that. up, "He's like, that on it. You can, you'll fit, you'll fit in yeah, here." There you go. <laughs> 
But then the, the black guy comes it's back a, out of the bathroom and they're like, freeze everybody! And then all the cops draw their weapons and there's like 85 guns on two. <laughs> Both the, the Yeah. These so guys good. are like, you picked it's this so bar, good. you stupid motherfucker. Like, God damn it, why'd we come here? Like, <laughs> it's, it's a good scene. Like, it's a well-played comedic scene. I really liked it. Well, the real... I like jokes. I like jokes that you know, like, are a good setup and payoff. But this one has a secondary payoff because they tie these guys up and throw them in the corner and keep drinking. <laughs> yeah, That's right. The thing that I, that I like, yeah, they're just, they're just sitting there all sad, like uh, we fucked up. And the cops are just like, you know, they just continue on. I, I thought yeah, it they was take great. their guns and then like, leave them. They're they like, I don't back. give a fuck. They just we got to get the rest of our night in. Like, fuck you guys. <laughs> yeah. And it's not even really fuck you guys. It's just okay. You're part of the background now. Like I don't care. I don't care about yeah. you. Like it's no yeah. no factor. Yeah, you're like the you're like the stuffed moose on the wall. There's these two guys that <laughs> ah, these guys robbed the place last night. We just kept them here. Kept drinking. <laughs> so they cut back to Chuck with Diane here, and they have a little heart to heart. Console me, please help me, because Diane I think realizes now, like, oh, everybody around me's dead, and that's pretty much my fault because i'm an asshole and chuck just stares blankly at the floor yeah pretty much the whole time and is like yeah well you know it is what it is well he does his he does his uh three-quarter eye open stare and <laughs> and yep. just she's like would you please hold me and he just kind of yes, awkwardly right. awkwardly drops that big heavy arm over her and just kind of do that weird christian yeah, side hug yeah, like yeah, yeah okay and he like, just <laughs> stares ahead like Anyway, that's fine. That's Chuck. You gotta do what you gotta do. So then Chuck rolls into the cop bar, and he sees that these guys are caught, and uh, they're all laughing about it. It's hilarious. They're like, hey, guy, these guys tried to rob the bar. <laughs> we got him. And Chuck's like, yeah, good job. All right. <laughs> yeah. Way to go. Like, <laughs> they don't give a single yeah. shit. It's nice awesome. Work, guys. Nice work, fellas. You're Way gonna, to go. Way to roll it up. You gonna run him in? Nah. Nah, we'll leave him here. Beat the fuck out of him. Let him go tomorrow. <laughs> Beat him up. They were just, you know... Wildcatting, you know, they're just out playing. So Chuck and Farina have a little talk here. I think they talk about Craigie, right? Where they're like, hey, man, you got to let Craigie do we thing? Like, no, fuck you. I think he's... Yeah, that's the that's the scene about that moral absolutism. Like, Chuck is basically like, you have to, you have to tell them the truth. You have to yep. tell them that Craig shot that kid. He's a danger to himself. He's a danger to others. And he's like, yeah, but, you know, then I'm going to have a real hard time. You know, like, nobody will have my back. Nobody will trust me. Yeah. Chuck's and? like, yeah, who gives a fuck? Tell the truth. Like, doesn't budge. I actually I actually really like this scene because it's very – this is very Chuck in real life. Like, yeah. in, Do the in, right in thing a lot of the ways. People, the people don't back you up. Then there's a problem in the fucking system. And fix that shit. Well, I, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll just – diverge really quickly chuck's son in his autobiography chuck writes that his son went to school and a guy walked up and tried to sell chuck norris's son right. a joint right and you remember the you remember the drugs are bad days like you know all all drugs, drugs are equally mm-hmm. bad heroin is just as bad as a joint like that's the way it was portrayed right so chuck's oh, yeah. kid kicks the shit out of the drug dealer holds him down and makes him eat the joint <laughs> they called chuck to come down to the school and he walks into the principal's office and he's like this is what happened and uh 
They said, so, you know, your son's not in trouble. And Chuck immediately stood up and said, no, and he's not going to be in trouble. He beat up a drug dealer and made him eat a marijuana cigarette. So we're leaving right now. And if you press charges against or you've tried to take any uh, disciplinary action against my son, there's going to be trouble. And he walked right out the door. (laughs) So, you know. So nice. it's just very like it just reminded me so much of his personality that that conversation he had with him from reading his autobiography. That's probably why the script kind of made him like, oh, I want to do this. I assume that's probably why it spoke to him, yeah. right? Yeah. So, and he's also guiding this young rookie Nick to doing the right thing as well, right? Because at the end of the scene, he goes over and talks to Nick at the end of the bar, who is very clearly kind of an outcast from the old boy system yes. here. And Chuck goes to talk to him and is like, hey, man, like, I got your back. Do the right thing. You know what the right thing to do is. Yeah. Fucking do the right thing. And then he tells, he tells, uh, and then he tells Craigie to basically go fuck himself. <laughs> he does. <laughs> in, in no uncertain term. And Craigie's like, fuck you. You're, you piece of shit. Fuck you. You know to Chuck does the stare and the I'm talking, but I'm not separating my teeth from each other. Yeah. Talk, you know, like, all right, God damn it, I fucking hate you so much. <laughs> but even even at the hearing when Craigie's talking, like, you gotta you gotta give it up. You gotta give it up to Ralph uh Ralph Foodie there when he's doing his deposition. He's 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 a good actor because he's like he is. Yeah, it was dark. We were lucky, we had a glint of the gun, and he's actually makes it sound very convincing and very professional, even though he's a piece of shit drunk. But oh, yeah. while he's doing it there's kind of like an over-the-shoulder shot from the, the Chuck. Front, and it's <laughs> Chuck at the back of the courtroom glaring at him. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> it is awesome. Like, that pose could be the, the, the VHS jacket of the movie. I love that. Like, he Craigie is in front glaring. and out-of-focus Chuck just yeah, laser-beaming him in the back of the fucking just, head. Yeah, he, like... Chuck is trying to make his head explode like in scanners through telekinesis. <laughs> like he's just like, I am going to kill you, Craigie. Oh my god, it's so good. So they cut after the court scene to Chuck's friend's house here, the apartment, with Diane, and the friend is making her some breakfast, some it looks like bacon and eggs and fucking pie. I think it's I think it's eggs and salt. To be perfectly honest, he puts so much salt or seasoning or whatever on these eggs, Jesus. <laughs> I was going to bring that up because, like, it's so much salt, dude. Like, I couldn't believe it. I was like, is that, if that was cheese, that might be too much. Like, oh, yeah, my God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would dry your fucking head out. He's just like, it's a specialty of my house. Whoop. You're just like, Jesus. <laughs> it's almost like Potsy had unscrewed it as a prank, like, prior to him putting it on. Yeah. Chuck is so upset here at this hearing where they're cutting back and forth. They finally put Nick up on the stand. I think Nick actually, Nick does not do the right thing on the stand. He backs up Craigie. Yeah, he does. And Chuck is pissed at that. He's glaring at Nick at this point. Super upset. Very not happy. And then, of course, we go back to the apartment here. Diane's looking at some uh, some photos and whatnot. But then the sort of spider senses of, of Chuck's friend go up. He gets the gun out because he sees sort of through the uh the curtains okay there's a couple of things there's a couple of things that this guy's doing wrong number one while they're eating their eggs drenched in fucking salt um (laughs) he's got tools out 
and he has disassembled his only telephone. Um, yes. And the phone is spread out over the table. I don't think there's any mention as to what he's doing, but he's he's, he's repairing tinkering. the phone. He's a tinkerer. So, as it as it stands in that moment, he cannot have any outgoing or incoming phone calls. Correct. There's a guy that just shows up that says he's with the gas company or the power company or what have you, who's yep. like a six foot six like ape. <laughs> Razor yeah, Ramon yeah, looking like, dude. Yeah. Razor Ramon <laughs> comes up and he's like, "Hey yo, <laughs> hey yo, we're from the gas company." And it triggers him to be a little bit nervous, but he walks over, unlocks the door to the world's smallest house, and (laughs) sticks his head out where he is clearly going to be killed. Yes. And, well, there's two guys with guns stacked up against the stair coming up the stairs. So you realize, oh, this dude's going to get killed. God damn it. Like, I like that guy. I liked him too, but I mean, he did all the things wrong. Yeah, he didn't do anything like, right. He just—he had a gun stashed I in mean, his kitchen cup cabinet under the sink. Like, what yeah. are you doing, dude? Anyway, whatever. Yeah, and they basically cut to it. Like, there's three guys that are there to kill him, and that's about the same width of the house. The house is about three people wide, you know, yep. like on each side of the door. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he does. He he should not like. If Diane had been a decent person, she would have been an actual safe house, not at this guy's riverside shed. Completely unprotected loft apartment. So they cut back to this, the courthouse. Uh, Chuck goes up and tells everybody that Craig is a piece of shit and shouldn't be a cop anymore. And he's drunk and he fucked up and he killed the kid and blah, blah, blah. All the cops now hate Chuck. I actually thought... I, I like that scene. I love this scene. This is probably my favorite scene in the film because I like how... I like how Chuck does everything a politician doesn't. Like, he answers the question that is asked of him directly to the point and with no... No fluff. No fluff. No fluff, good or bad. Like, he does not speak in any sort of hyperbole at all. He's just like, do you think that uh, da-da-da? He's like, well, maybe 30 years is too long for anybody to look at the guts of the city. You're like, oh, do you think you should retire? Yes, I do. Like, he just... I, I really like the scene. It's probably my favorite. Are you saying he shouldn't be a scene. cop anymore? Yep, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. But, yeah. Wow. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Fair well, enough. Fair enough. Very, very well. Thank you, Mr. Norris. Mr. Or Norris. Cusack. Mr. Chuck. And he then goes out to the payphone and calls and realizes, oh, shit, something happened to my friend and Diane. And all the other cops are like chirping him under their breath and being shitty about it. And Craigie's being a shitbag about it. Yeah. All out in the hallway. And then Chuck leaves. He doesn't give a fuck. He's just got the Chuck Norris single motivation stare. Goes out, gets in his car, goes, finds his friend dead. Shit, Diane's gone. Shit. And now he's out in his cool-ass, busted-ass Camaro driving around. We're back at air traffic control central cop city here with all these big-ass screens. And they're trying to help Chuck and figure out what's going on and find Diane and find the, the Colombians and figure out what's happening. And none of the cops want to back chuck up here so they realize like oh chuck's gonna go to where the colombians are and or go to this bar where the cops are i should say he goes to the the cop bar i think first here if i'm not mistaken he's he's not going to he's not going to a cop bar he's going to where the colombians hang out he's going to their bar he's going he's yeah that's right he's going to the the colombians hideout yeah he goes to the colombian bar that's right 
Because when he when he walks in, he walks, he parks out front, doesn't pay the meter, walks in, and one as he walks in, all these dudes are playing pool, and one of the guys goes, "You shouldn't be here." And Chuck goes, "If I want your opinion, I'll beat That's it out of you." Favorite line from this film, <laughs> but yeah. The cops, like, like Craigie's at the bar celebrating. He's drinking at the cop bar. He's going to the criminal bar and just fucking rolls in like he owns the place. And uh, he's he's there on a mission. Oh, yeah. And nobody's going to back him up because, you know, he basically threw Craigie, rightfully so, threw Craigie under the bus. Craigie's got to be off the street. He broke the, if I may, code of silence. He broke the code of silence. And then he broke a guy's pelvis a guy's with a sidekick. <laughs> and yeah. then backfisted him. Yeah. And he walks into this back room here. Now, I do have a bit of a problem with this scene. It's decent, and I like it, because he walks in, and this dude's, like, shoving coke up his nose, trying to test it or whatever. This guy looks... The guy that he walks in on here... I forget what this dude's name is, but whoever the Colombian is. He looks a lot like... Uh, what's that dude's name that plays the Punisher? Oh, uh, Shane. Yeah, Shane from, from The Walking uh, Dead. I forget his name. I'm from an From The Walking Dead. John something, maybe? John Barenthal. John Barenthal, thank you. He looks like John Barenthal. He reminds me of him a lot. But Chuck pounds this dude. He punches him and then smashes his face off the Coke mirror a bunch and chucks him around. And then when he leaves, goes through the little 1970s beaded curtain looking thing, there's like 30 guys there. And Chuck pulls his gun and he walks down and he's trying to be all tough ass and shit. Yeah. But there's 30 dudes there. Like there's a lot of guys. And... When he starts to fight these guys, like they close in on him or whatever, one of the guys throws one of the pool balls and smashes Chuck in the back of the head. And that shit would be a wrap, right? Like the, yeah. the guy on the stairs has a gun on Chuck's head. He's like, hey, give me the gun, cabron. <laughs> give me the gun, fuck you. Takes Chuck's gun. And then they start to beat the fuck out of him. Uh, Camacho comes out here, Henry Silva, with busted face John Barenthal. And they just start beating Chuck's ass. But again, the pool ball to the back of the head would be the would be the end of the fight. And there is a lot of waiting your turn syndrome happening in this fight. Yeah, the I had some I had some issues with it too. Chuck's good as far as it goes. Yeah, the choreography here, like there is there is a fair bit of guys that are literally standing directly behind chuck right yes. so if you had if you had you know a perfectly straight line from the camera to chuck there is literally a guy behind him that's kind of doing that mortal combat you know that mortal combat one sway yes you know like he, he's just there he's not throwing a punch or kicking he's just there ready he's just kind of there and that happens like three or four times when well, usually two or three guys this. are behind him doing that yeah, right. like there's there's a lot of guys just standing there like Chuck's kicking this guy, then he's kicking this guy and this guy and there's literally like eight guys b with like right behind him. Like yeah. Chuck is who could be choking yeah. the goddamn life out of him. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Whatever. Anyway, I mean it's it, the choreography is not great here. They they finally grab a hold of Chuck and they beat the piss out of him and punch him until he just collapses to the floor here. Well, which is which is exactly what would happen i mean oh yeah like, he'd get even, beat to death even even if you took like you know peak george saint pierre and just like poured down his throat a cocktail of like whiskey chicken blood and gunpowder <laughs> and sent him into a room of 30 guys he's like, losing that 30 fight. 30 guys yeah. like as much as i love him it's 
It's 30 well, I mean, guys. I'm sure he would admit, yes, I would lose that fight. And then, then you ricochet a, a goddamn number four <laughs> ball off the back of his head. Like, just as a, just as a way to start the fight. Like, yeah. kapow. Oh, yeah. The, uh, when are you going to ring the bell? Oh, we don't use a bell. We've, we throw a nine ball to the back of your head to signify <laughs> the start of the fight. You'll know. <laughs> so they toss, they toss Chuck's ass out here down the exorcist stairs and he, he yeah. fucking tumbles down those and ends up on his face at the bottom. And uh, Dorado here, Dennis Farina, shows up to the Colombian bar with his goddamn walking cast. Like, he's somewhat loyal to Chuck. Goes there, finds him out in the back alley, washing his face at this point with some hose that he found somewhere in the back alley. And kind of takes care of him a little bit and, and is okay. And gets him back. Chuck looks remarkably fine for getting his ass kicked by 30 guys. Like, a little bit of... Yeah, he basically just yeah a little bit of fucking alleyway tap water, and that's a miracle cure for Wolverine here. Anyway, Farina actually do well. Farina tells him that uh, that Buddy's coming back in town on the train. Yeah, Luna, Luna's yeah Luna's coming back in town. They show Chuck sitting in his Camaro, and then like he spots it and he puts it in reverse and he starts backing up. You know, when you go in <laughs> yeah. reverse, you're not going perfectly straight. But they speed they speed it up. <laughs> they speed it up to make it look like he's driving away uh, backwards quickly, and it looks so friggin' weird, because it's... You can tell that it's sped up, right? You can clearly see Yeah, it they, like, skip frame like, it or something, so it looks like... <laughs> it <just> looks, <laughs> yeah, it looks... It looks funny. It looks funny. It looks like some of that old... Uh, old baseball footage of like fucking Babe Ruth where they're moving too fast. Like 14 or, frames you know, a second rather than 24. Like, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Luna, yeah. Luna's in the car here with uh, the old guy from the boat and Chuck is following them and they have a bit of a car chase here. The car chase is pretty good, man. Like they're taking a lot of cues here from, from the old school seventies car chases yeah, where it seems all. all practical. They're not really speeding shit up. They're actually going fast, which I dig. Yeah, and I mean, you know, like this is this would have been five years after the uh, Blues Brothers, which probably had the greatest Chicago char- car chase, you know, in film history. Oh, of all time, of all time, yeah. But it's not bad. Like you can tell the cameras, you know, sped up a little bit. But you know, you've got real traffic. Well, not real traffic, but like real, like extra traffic in there that they're yes. weaving yeah, yeah. just <laughs> hold on everybody um yeah. chicago rush yeah. hour traffic no, they, go just go real cars <laughs> posing as traffic that they're weaving in and out of they're going <laughs> through the tunnel it feels it feels faster because they're going through the tunnel it's a little claustrophobic so yeah it's not a bad little scene yeah. there's there's a scene where the lead car goes over a jump and it leaves the ground but the sparks yeah. detonate before it hits the ground which, yeah, which is, that's weird. Because obviously, like, the sparks were supposed to hit when, you know, the car crashes back down. But they <laughs> fire while it's still in the air. Like, pew! And then it lands. That's all right. I mean, I can <laughs> overlook that. They're probably like, fuck, we don't have enough I'll, money to do another take, so. Yeah, fuck that. It looks fine. It's whatever. I mean, yes, it's a mistake, but fucking, uh, you know, who cares? But yeah, they're fished, like, Chuck's fishtailing and weaving here. It looks good. They Again, they're clearly going actually fast. Yeah. Which I yep. appreciate. I really like that. They're pointing guns out of the car and stuff. And at this point, Luna, like the, the, the driver of Luna's car gets shot. And their car like hits another car, and, and or Chuck's car maybe, and they flip upside down. 
and door won't open, so he has the Dukes of Hazard out of there. He goes out through the window. Yep. Uh, Luna's in the car. The old guy from the boat's in the other car. Chuck's got to get out the window. The cars are on fire, and the explosion that happens yeah, it's, is redonkulous. Like, Chuck has to... He's limping, running away here, but he would have been killed when they show this fucking explosion to this like well yeah because they show they show the angle in the parking garage but when they show the exterior <laughs> yeah. angle like from across the river like oh yeah like yeah from across the river like you're just like whoa well he's dead like <laughs> oh yeah you can see the director like, of stunts being like how many how many uh barrels of gasoline should we actually use and the guy's like 30 okay go with 30 like okay. it's clearly a massive amount of fire accelerant. But, yeah, it's well, it's funny because like Chuck gets I don't know maybe Chuck gets twenty feet away from the car uh, before it explodes. You know, from the interior angle, and then they show the exterior angle, and you know, like okay, we just saw Chuck get twenty feet away, but then about two hundred feet <laughs> explodes. Like it's a massive explosion. Like I'm very impressed with that explosion. Oh, like it awesome. Was, I love how they do practical shit back then, right? Like, like they literally blocked off the street and said, okay, we're going to blow up this actual parking structure. Yeah. Uh, let's hope that it doesn't cause any structural damage <laughs> that'll be, you know, somebody will somebody will die in 20 years because, you know, eventually. To the you know, 26th Avenue Bridge, way. like, holy crap. <laughs> oh, yeah, they blew the shit out of that. So Chuck takes a police car here and takes off. We cut now to Diane type. Can I just Please. say how much I miss those? I miss I miss those police cars. Those police cars were awesome. Big, big boxy square, full cherries on top on the front. Big, yeah. I, I miss those old massive cop cars. They just look so much more rugged and bad. And the real siren, like the bullhorns on top. Yeah, yeah, like big, big, massive. Because they were real lights. They weren't LEDs or shit like that. So. The RCMP cars today, they look like suppositories on wheels just going down. Like, they're so curvy, like, and, and just like, well, we got to make sure that it can insert easily. So, anyway, I, I just, I just, they're all slick and love whatnot. The look at those old cars. They're yeah. awesome. So, they get, yeah, we, we cut now to uh, Diane here tied up like fucking Mel Gibson in Lethal Weapon. She's got her hands above her head. And the bad guys, I, it's awesome. It's good. I thought a lethal weapon, as soon as you said lethal weapon, I smiled because I thought of lethal weapon as, Did as you well really? when I saw her hands tied up. <laughs> yeah, earlier today. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought of when I saw her tied up like that. I was like, oh, it's like Mel Gibson. Or like Sho Kazuki in Pray for Death, our very first podcast, yes. which if you haven't listened to that, you should because it's awful, but it's still funny. It's great. So uh, there's a ton of crap that's happened. This is kind of the wrap up to the movie here. Because Chuck has to go and try and rescue Diane. So he gets, uh, he's trying to, he has to steal a bunch of stuff. So he steals a big truck. Uh, he takes the, we don't know what he actually takes, but he takes a kind of a big oversized suitcase looking thing. And he steals like a dumpster truck. <laughs> yeah. And he drives to the shipyard. And we see this giant ass warehouse here. Now this is another part where I have just a, a little bit of a problem with what Chuck does. Chuck is not a good cop. Can we say that? Like, morally, he's a great cop. Technically, he's an awful cop. Because, holy yeah. shit, dude. He gets to this this warehouse. They show this uh, bad guy on top of the, the warehouse or the pier or whatever. On, on guard or whatever. All the guys inside, all the bad guys are sorting through their weaponry and whatnot. Camacho is there staring blankly at a piece of paper like he is wont to do. 
And so Chuck needs to get into this massive ass warehouse to get Diane. Now, Chuck, as far as I know, has no clue where Diane is in this giant ass warehouse. I don't even know how he knows she's in there. Do you know, like, do you know where, what happened there? Cause I don't No, but like, that's the same thing with commando. Schwarzenegger thinks that his daughter is, you know, in one of the <laughs> yes. houses, he pulls up on the beach and starts blowing up right. houses. And it's like, well, his daughter's not in there, but he doesn't know. And he's blowing up <laughs> what could like, be structure after his structure. daughter. Yeah. His daughter could be in any of those. And that's kind of like this film where they're like, okay, she's here somewhere. Uh, time to open this box that I brought down and, and you know, get the payoff. Yeah. The, the prowler. prowler comes out. And we're intercutting Chuck with the remote control, bringing the Prowler out of this box, back to the police station, where now Craigie is there, and Nick finally tells the truth to all of the other cops of like, yeah, he shot that kid, I was there, fuck this guy, pulls up the pant leg, look, this is a different gun than he had because he planted his gun on that kid, fuck Craigie. And then all the other cops are like, what the fuck, really? We believed you, shitbag. And Craigie's kind of left out in the cold here, and all the other cops are like, God damn it, we should probably go help Chuck Norris. Yeah. So off they go to help Chuck Norris. And, okay, so I guess the Prowler can't aim up because there's a guy on top of this, like, crane who sees the Prowler come out of the thing, out of the box, and goes to, like, shoot at it. But the Prowler, Chuck drives the Prowler up, like, a pile of gravel so that it can aim up and shoot him and blow him off of that into yeah. the fucking harbor. <laughs> yeah, you guys should have probably... Should have put a... <laughs> you guys probably should have put put the up function <laughs> on that. Put a ball and socket joint on that uh, cannon right there. So they all go in, they all realize, oh my god, this thing's going to come in. The cops are here, holy shit. They all go in. Chuck is now running with the biggest remote control ever in his left hand. The, again, I, I can't stress enough how much the cop station looks like an air traffic control. <laughs> it is insane. Well, maybe, maybe that's how it was back in the day. They didn't have big screens, so they had these big backlit... Maps of the city. Like, drafting table maps of the city that, you know, for big cities. Maybe that's guess, how they did it right? back, in the, back in the day. Because you remember you used to go to the library, go to the library with the old uh, microfish. You know, you'd kind of yes. put that down there. That you know, that's probably and you'd read the newspaper. Yeah, yeah. But then we get Chuck at the warehouse with a goddamn bazooka. He's got a rocket launcher. He's got a fucking outside, rocket launcher, and he just blows the blows the garage bay door open because. But again, he doesn't know where Diane is in the building. She could be tied to that door. Like. That wall. <laughs> like, he doesn't know this. Right? The wall explodes. I'm like, what if she was there? Like, Jesus, dude, calm down. And then he just walks in with a shotgun in one hand and the remote control for Johnny Five in the other. Yeah. With his Chuck Norris stare and Henry Silva, they're having this stare off. And Chuck doesn't even look to his right as he raises the shotgun and blows a guy away. Yeah. <laughs> he blows the, the John Barenthal guy away. Yeah, and he drops, and then Henry Silva's there. Like, his entire gang of guys is there. And it was so Michael oh, yeah. Rapaport because he's like, I forget exactly what he says, but he's like, 
get him. It's like the bad guys are just waiting for that, like like they're dogs on a leash. Like <laughs> a guy just uh, blew the wall open with a rocket launcher. I think I think you can basically shoot now. I don't think you need to wait to get yeah. okay from the. <laughs> That's boss. universal sign for kill yeah, that guy. Kill that guy. Right. You're a guard. Just just by way of uh, of actor's note, Henry Silva still alive. Wow. He's 92. Good on Henry Silva. Yeah. Shout shout out to Henry Silva if you're out there and listening. And I know you are. So good job in this movie, sir. But Johnny Five comes in and just starts shooting dudes with the 50 cal, blowing things up. The roof caves in. Like Chuck is driving Johnny Five around with his little thumb thing and his big remote. But he's also walking around with one shotgun. There are like 30, 40 guys in this warehouse. He's got one shotgun that probably holds what, four? Maybe five shots tops. Well, probably six, but he but he doesn't even use the shotgun at one point. He just shoves like, the fucking shoves, wall over. Shoves like a bookshelf with his shoulder. He just <laughs> drops a bookshelf on a guy. There, saved a saved a round. <laughs> there are almost always stacks of barrels. Yeah, I don't I'm even know what that this is a warehouse. trend in movies. <laughs> I don't even know what this warehouse is. They're all like the shittiest, dirtiest thing, but there's all these perfectly painted uh, barrels, which are exactly the same color paint as Johnny Five. Like, you know, yes. the prop department, the prop department did those <laughs> barrels and Johnny Five the same day. <laughs> there, there did we all go. the Valvoline <laughs> barrels and Johnny Five. There we got this uh, midnight blue for uh, Johnny Five and the barrels. <laughs> we'll paint police in white in the same stencil <laughs> as on these barrels. Valvoline in blue. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Solved. God damn it. They have police and Valvoline in the same font. <laughs> 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 yeah, this is awesome. He Chuck shoots basically Chuck shoots everybody here. There's no real martial arts in this. He just uses the shotgun and shoots everybody. He does I actually appreciated that he had to reload the shotgun. I love when they do that. I really they reload do. it and at one point after he reloads, he shoots four or five more guys and then he goes to shoot and he realizes like shit, I'm out of bullets and he like pats his pa- his pants pockets like ah fuck, I'm out of shells. Like Yeah. It shows you that he's out of shells, which I very much appreciate because this doesn't have, I don't know, what do you want to call it? John Woo-itis? Like, <laughs> what, the never-ending clip, clips? Endless yeah. clip syndrome? Which one did we watch yeah. recently e- that... ECS. <laughs> that there was, that, that there was like, what was the one that we just did? And there was just the killer. like... Um, yeah, the killer. Yeah, they never ran out of bullets. Like, there's just oh, infinite never. bullet cheat code. Um, yeah, <laughs> you're in God mode. I'm in God mode. Infinite ammo, boys. Yeah, Chuck's climbing around here. He shoots a bunch of people. I don't think, if I remember right, that he uses uh, martial arts here because he, he the shotgun runs out of ammo, but then he pulls out his handgun and he starts shooting dudes with this with his uh, whatever handgun he has. So there's a bunch of guys hiding behind barrels. Henry Silva's up here with his handgun, and they're just hide and seek shooting here. And that pretty much guys are slipping on like. Oil. I assume Valvoline is like, is that oil? That's oil, right? I don't know what I'm yeah. talking about. Yeah. Like so they're slipping everywhere. The yeah. There's guys with Uzis and shit, and they shoot the shit out of everybody. And there's a whole bunch of fucking forth here. The, the, the last little shootout here is the climactic thing. He kills everybody, but then Henry Silva, Comancho, I should call him, realizes like, oh, this is the last sort of last stand or whatever. And he has to go and try and kill diane because that's sort of his main focus is i gotta kill this chick to wrap up my revenge fantasy or whatever and he shoots he ends up shooting chuck in the in the back of the shoulder 
and then he grabs he grabs like a geologist's hammer, like a real sharp pointed ass hammer that yeah. you'd like go to find geodes with and shit, and he goes to kill her. Yeah, or Tim Robbins would escape from Shawshank with. <laughs> or Tim like... Robbins, right? <laughs> but Chuck kind of lines him up as he's running in to kill her, to kill Diane, and thankfully shoots him before he can go in and, you know, hammer her to death. It's it's funny because, like, when Diane is tied up, like, the longer the movie goes on, the more, like, torn and shredded her clothing becomes yes. and the more yeah. her hair gets teased. <laughs> you know, like... By the end, the last shot of her, it just looks like they've just got a bunch of fabric <laughs> draped over her body, like, as she's hanging there. But she's... She's fine. She's, she's all right. It's not a bad... It's... it's Honestly, it's not a bad shootout film. Like, there's nothing in it that I think is, like, offensively bad. And there's nothing in it that is ostensibly, like, okay, this is the best I've seen, right? Of... Of anything. It's not the best martial arts. It's not the best acting. It's not the best uh, gunplay. No. Even in Chuck Norris's repertoire, right? You know, he doesn't have his best lines in it. But it's not a bad film. And I really think that what carries it is the other actors and the way that they interact with Chuck Norris in this film. Yeah. And it's a decent story. Like, because it was written as a Dirty Harry movie, the plot's not bad. Like, it's pretty decent. Yeah, and Chuck carries Diane out here, and that's kind of a wrap. He drives off, and the bass line kicks back in. And off they go, and that's a wrap. So, yeah, I, I, I quite enjoyed this movie, even though it was... Yeah, me too. It was... Uh, we're kind of doing two, like, back-to-back martial arts movies here. Because this really isn't a martial arts movie. There's a little bit in the gym where he's working out, and then he, he punches that... That uh, that one bodyguard, Look, and he you, kicks that one guy in the bar. Like, there's if Chuck Norris is in it, it's a martial arts movie. Well, so that's, a that's, ball, a fair, that's a fair movie. That's a fair point. Dodgeball, dodgeball is a Chuck Norris. Is a Chuck martial Norris arts martial arts film. film. <laughs> fair enough. All right, I'll take your point, sir. So yeah, that wraps that up, dude. Yeah, movie I really enjoyed, and another thing that I enjoyed, I liked how they actually shot in Chicago. Like, yes, yeah, like I do enjoy that very in, much. In Chicago, like, you know, oh, here we are down at the pier. Oh, here we are right in the middle of the city. Here we are on the Jumping uh, into the river. L train, jumping into the river. I I really appreciated those, you know, set pieces that they put together on this because it made it feel really authentic. I liked it a lot. Absolutely. Okay, so for categories, what are you doing for let's let's do easy one first, music. Uh the music, I'm I'm gonna give the move the the music two fists out of five on this i don't think that anything was really exceptionally well done but it wasn't shitty to the point where it distracted me so i'm gonna go two fists out of five for soundtrack on this film yeah i i really dug the baseline for the opening and the closing of the movie i really fucking dug that that got yeah. me into it and kind of brought me out i was like yeah that's dope as shit i love that but the rest of it was uh, it was okay it was all right yeah. so um, i'm gonna go middle of the road go two and a half fists out of five for music and soundtrack. Foley was good. Like, I had no complaints with Foley at all. So, I'm cool with that. Acting? I was actually pretty cool with the acting. The The weak point, funnily enough, would be Chuck. I mean, Chuck has the staring thing, and he doesn't really carry it. But like you said, the rest of the acting from the other people really pulls it up and makes it okay. So, I'm going to go uh, probably four, uh, maybe three and a half fists out of five for acting on my end. Yeah, I've got 3.5 as well for mine. You were like four, and I was like, hey, I'm going to be a little bit different. Um, but no, I had 3.5. <laughs> uh, 
on it. Uh, I'm okay. Like I'm okay with Chuck Norris's acting skills just because I like Chuck so much. And I like, uh, I like him on screen. Like he exudes a presence. Uh, he doesn't have a lot of range and he doesn't pretend to. So I appreciate that. But I love all those other actors. Like, I love Henry Silva. But even the guys, you know, Dennis Farina, Ron Dean, like, he's he was awesome in this. And, uh, you know, even Ronnie Barron had that little role at the beginning. Hey, that's the color I'm looking for. I, I yep. love how they, they, they look like real people. They don't look like Hollywood people. They just look like regular guys. So... That's just, that's a thing that I really liked about the about it, and I thought Molly Hagan was really great as Diana too. I thought she was really good. She carried that that part well, even though I mean she's basically playing a damsel in distress, but she does her acting well. I thought, and she she carried the part well. So yeah, I think that she good acted well. I think she's a little underwritten because she's basically yes. she's basically just uh, basically bait throughout the film, yep. and she's like. I don't need to be told what to do. I'm a big girl. It's like, bitch, you getting people killed. Like, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta, you gotta run. Like, go with the mob or go with the cops, but just go with somebody. Yeah, martial arts. There's not a lot of them. There's honestly not a lot. So, for what there was, though, it was pretty good. So, with the martial arts that was in it, Chuck working out, a couple of kicks, things like that. Uh, you know, it was like three and a half fists out of five on my end. Yeah, like I, I, I'll include like the stunts and uh, you know gunplay kind of in that martial arts. Okay, as well. fair enough. Yep, yep. And if I do that, uh, I mean, I'm gonna be honest. I, I got to give it, you know, two and a half um, yep. fists out of five. Uh, I think that there's some stuff in there that's really good, but there's other things that you know I found a little bit distracting, like the fact that there's 30 guys you know, standing behind Chuck Norris that have a clear shot at him. That yeah, that was awful. Don't even take a swing. So yeah, I think, I, I think it falls a little bit short there, but you yeah. know, there's a couple of moments, the stunts, like actually I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to add a full point. I'm going to go from two and a half to three and a half because Chuck is actually fighting on the fucking roof of a train going through <laughs> the you know downtown what? That's Chicago fair. area. That um, is totally fair. Yeah. So points for that. just, just for that, he gets one extra full point. So I'm going 3.5 fists out of five. <laughs> I don't think there was any defenestrations. I don't think. No, I don't think there was. Um, well, what's, Okay, well, go ahead. Sorry. I mean, it's not really a defenestration, but you know, when the when the painters uh, come flying through the fucking window with yeah, their, with yeah. their Uzis, uh, Point. it's not All right, so really one. a defenestration, but you know, it's kind of in that wheelhouse. It's kind of a self defenestration. Yeah. All right. Would Sammo Hung make this movie better? One hundred percent. Absolutely. Um, yeah, you you go ahead. Where would you put Samo? So I actually put some thought into this, and here's my here's my pitch. I think you replace John Mahoney as Johnny Five's uh, presenter when he's doing the demo at the police station. You make Samo Hung that character. Oh my god! And Johnny Five comes from China. This is a new invention from China. We're going to implement it into into here. But when they do the little, hey, Chuck, turn around, Johnny Five. Chuck breaks Johnny Five in the demo and fucks it up and it doesn't work anymore. Samo's pissed and teams up with Chuck and it's Samo and Chuck who beat up everybody at the warehouse at the end. That is good. I actually I actually thought you were going to go 
I thought you. I actually thought you were going to go. Sammo Hung uh, actually operates Johnny Five. Uh, Sammo <laughs> Hung goes with him to the warehouse. He's operating Johnny Five, but all the while the bad guys are coming up and attacking him. So he's got that. Sammo Hung, I've got the remote in this hand. I'm going to yes. toss it up in the air. I'm going to yes. punch. I'm going to punch, and then I'm going to catch it with the other hand. Like, that is even better. You know, he's bashing them with the thing. He's throwing it up in the air. He's doing kicks. He's catching it. And then, you know, when he, he break, catches he it. He breaks the remote, hitting it, was fires. hitting somebody with it. Yeah. Like, that would be awesome. Fuck yes. Oh, my God. You, yeah. Like, that would be great. You put Sammo Hung in that role. Then you then you really spice up the martial arts. And then, yes. honestly, you you give it a little bit of comedy, even though, you know, this isn't a comedy film. But you could there's that – there's the comedy in, like, sometimes the martial arts in a film are so good you're laughing. You're like, holy shit. Like, yep. you could – you could do some really cool stuff with that. So, yeah, that's amazing. I'm 100% on board with you on that. Beautiful. Would William Hung make this movie worse? Uh, yes. I think if I was going to be forced to put William Hung in this film, I would likely – I don't know where I put him. I'd probably you know, just put him – go ahead. You gave, it, you gave it more thought than I did. No, on this one, I actually did. You make – you take Nick out. William Hung is the rookie cop. Because William Hung walking through the zoo with a balloon and popcorn would be fucking incredible. <laughs> right? Okay. You sold me on that one, sir. <laughs> and like your idea, William Hung then showing up at all the different places with all the Chicago <laughs> memorabilia. Would yeah, be fucking showing, incredible. Up, showing up late. Like, right after Why? Chuck comes out of the river he's coming out he's coming out with a fucking harpo t-shirt because he just visited the oprah set hey look at the swag bag that i got cusack cusack you look angry <laughs> see that would be the shit fuck yes sir fuck yes i'm in fuck i'm yes. all in William Hung as nick just running in at the end of every scene late with some sort of you know, deep dish pizza. Or, you got know. <laughs> to try this place down on 48th Street. It's so good. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm in, dude. I'm all in. Yeah, like he's 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 laying on the riverbank. He's soaking wet. The camera slowly pans to his feet. And then it just kind of starts to tilt up. There's William Hung. Eating a deep dish pizza. He's like, hey, Cusack, you ever tried deep dish? Like, <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Hell yes. <laughs> All right, dude. That's a wrap on 1985's Code of Silence, our very first Chuck Norris film. We'll be getting into the more martial artsy Chuck Norris films next season and the season after that. All right. Coming up next, we're jumping pretty far ahead, actually. We're going all the way up to 2003. Nice. For next week. And we are moving across to the other side of the world. We're going to South Korea for 2003's Old Boy. Oh, yeah. We're basically doing three non-traditional like martial arts films in a row. This one has actually got, I have to say, one of my favorite martial arts scenes of all time. Despite the fact that it's not really a martial arts film uh, no. you know, in the traditional sense. Yeah, there's only really two martial arts scenes in the whole film. Yeah. Like the rest of it, and this movie, okay, I'll be honest, this movie 
kind of broke me a little bit because this yeah, movie's me, dark. Yeah. Dark, there's a lot dark, of dark, shit. There's dark, a lot of shit that comes out dark. at you. You're just like, what? Who would even think to write something like this? Uh, I feel yeah. disgusted. I'm going to go wash myself with bleach. Yeah, I and... got to go take a fucking crying game shower after this one every time <laughs> yeah, I watch it. Yeah. It's awful. But that said, I appreciate originality in screenplay, which this one has in spades. And the acting's crazy. The martial arts scene, or scenes, I should say are good that one scene is goddamn iconic. So yeah, I'm I'm very excited for next week for uh 2003's Old Boy from South Korea on You Have Offended this podcast. <laughs>